0: Well, hallelujah. Let's get into this tonight, and uh, I'm just going to, I don't know how quick it'll go or how long it'll go, but uh, I just really want to get this thought into us, and going in this new year, and the thought of intentional transformation. And uh, as we said Sunday morning, what we don't do intentionally, we do voluntarily. Amen. If we're not making changes and planning and moving ahead, then we're volunteering for things to stay the same. And uh, so it's so important that we intentionally set some things in motion. We've been working all this year. Sunday we put it on. I didn't put it on the back of tonight's outline because I wanted to get all this in there. But uh, because there's a lot that's just I put in there, I'm just going to read through this, but uh, it's on. You can pick up one if you don't have one, but just the goals and visions for the next three years that we have really purpose to do some things differently. One of those things is the growth track that we have coming up that we're introducing those. So whether you're new to the church or been coming for a long time, it's really important that you... Find a date and pick and go through that because it really lays the foundation and introducing the church to you, how we run and how we operate. We have a lot of people gone here a long time, really don't even know how we operate the church, so it's hard to really explain that and do that in services. So we have this program that explains who we are as a church, and then how to be involved in the church and what that means and what it means to be a part of a church family. And then finding out, discovering what our gifts and talents are. You know, what do I have to offer the Lord? Because God's will for all of our lives is that each of us would add something to the kingdom. The, the kingdom of God is not a spectator sport, it's a participation sport. And, and the cool part of it is nobody has to sit on the sidelines. We don't have to stand by and wait for God to call our number and send me in, coach, put me in, coach. We don't wait for that. There's the opportunity to be in all the time. Amen. We get to participate in every game. That's awesome. And so learning how to do that and how to be plugged in and make that happen. Praise the Lord. So really looking forward to that. And then we're really looking at how we change The ministry that we do here, we want to really. Our goal is this year, going through this year, really looking at our children's ministries from our nursery up through. Our children's church areas are focusing on that age group. Uh, we, we have great ministries for youth and junior youth in that that age group. But the little kids, and like I said Sunday morning, young families and even a lot of families, that, uh, kids that we're praying for, kids grow up, they go out, you know, oh, Mom and Dad, you made me go to church all the time. And then they get married and they have their own kids. They, man, I need some help. And so a lot of times kids come back to the Lord when they have their own kids and then they feel that responsibility to raise their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So we want things in play to be able to minister to families and strengthen families and come alongside them. And so that's so much that we're looking for. So we really have done some things intentionally. That means we're we're, going to be introducing changes and stuff. But that's all makes it exciting. Amen. And so it works out about moving forward. But tonight, I just want to take you through this as a thought. And I feel sorry for those who aren't here. They're going to miss it. They'll have to watch a YouTube video or do whatever. So Tuesday night, we'll video this tonight. And then they'll edit it and put it up on, on Thursday on our Facebook page. It'll go on YouTube from there and that. But I want to go back and look at Joseph, who, as I said back on the 17th, is really the unsung hero in the life of Christ. And so it ties into the grace of adoption. And until I understand adoption, and when I really understand adoption, then it helps me to intentionally go through transformation. That when I start seeing myself truly as a child of God and what that means, and I'm praying that for those of you who are hearing this tonight, it's going to get down on the inside of you in a greater and a fresher way. Father, I thank you that in these next few moments, you will open our eyes to see with clarity the truth of your word. Father, we have a heart and a desire to know you and to receive your word. And you said that when your word is sown into good ground, into hearts that are receptive, that it produces the 30, 60, and the hundredfold return of the increase that it contains. So we thank you, Father, tonight that your word is going to be planted in our heart. It's going to bring forth the increase that it contains. And we receive it tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. So look at the cover of your outline. We'll read a couple of scriptures here in a minute. There's little or no mention when it comes to Joseph of the man who would help raise the son of Mary. Everybody else gets an honorable mention, but not the primary man who would love and invest himself in the life of of this special child as I said during our Christmas program God spoke something to my heart years ago I forget how long it was but we were still doing we were doing school of ministry here in uh, actually over in the the, the fellowship hall and, and that we weren't used we didn't have the upper room that we use now as our conference room and that we hadn't taken that part of the facility over so classes over there but I was in the sanctuary praying before my class started and i was just praying along the back wall back there just walking back and forth and praying and the spirit of God just said this to him he said what if I never asked you to be great what if I didn't ask you to be great what if all I asked you to do was raise greatness he says I didn't ask Joseph to be great I just asked him to raise my son and that just—that was such an amazing statement in my spirit, and to think about that. Because even think about where, where we are today. Look at, we have all the shows, The Voice. People want to be the voice, not, not just a voice, the voice. Or, or else we're going to be American Idol. But everybody wants to be that primary person. Or that, get that place and have that place of attention. And I I have it at the end, but I'm going to, I'll interject it now. One of the last thoughts here in the lesson tonight is this, is that so many people are trying to be somebody. When God isn't asking us to be somebody, He's asking us to be a part of something. There's a difference between, if I'm always trying to be somebody, then I'm always looking for position, jockeying, running around. But what if I just wanted to be a part of something called the body of Christ? That's something different. Because there's always a place to be a part of something, but there's never always an opportunity to be somebody. Are you with me? So that's a different perspective. And Joseph was just willing to be a part of, of what God was doing, here, just to have a part in the thing that God was doing in the earth. See, we cannot know for sure, but it seems like Joseph would be okay without much or any fanfare. In fact, Mary's gospel gave Joseph zero, excuse me, Mark's gospel gave Joseph no exposure, zero. Joseph is never once cited or alluded to in all of the gospels. Think about that. The man who adopts Jesus as his own son, Mark doesn't even mention him in the whole account. gives no credit to him at all. It just kind of sloughs him off as a nobody, if you take it that way. But Joseph isn't bothered by that. Although the other gospel writers, Matthew, Luke, and John, all mention Joseph by name, none of them record him as ever having a speaking part. <laughs> There's not one, you go to the guy, you won't find one word. And Joseph said to Jesus. You won't find one word recorded of the guy that God asked to raise his son. Are you getting it? So watch this. While a few of Joseph's actions are recorded during the early years of his relationship with Mary and into Jesus' early life, none of Joseph's words remain in print within the pages of the Bible. Only Joseph's actions of obedience, care, and presence are mentioned. The only thing we know is that Joseph obeyed God. He cared for Jesus. And he was present when he was needed to be there. Amen? Those are some great things for us to latch on to. Joseph's words are not present in the gospel text. But Joseph quietly was present at the manger. He was present before the manger... And he was present after the manger. And he was present at least up through Jesus' 12th birthday as recorded in Luke 21, 40 through 52 verse. We're not going to read those tonight, but that's where they go to the temple. And Jesus is there at the age of 12. And then they're there and then they leave. We're going to read a verse out of that in a few moments later. But in that area. And so then Mary and Joseph are there with Jesus in there. And then they go back. And when they find Jesus... Then Mary says, Hey, your father, Joseph, and I were worried about you. So we know Jesus was present. And that's the last time Joseph is mentioned in the Gospels. At that age, he goes home and says, Jesus is then submitted to his parents and he grows in, in favor and in, in, in stature and in favor with God and with man. But that's the last time Joseph is mentioned. Many historians, excuse me, believe that Joseph died somewhere between Jesus' teenage years and the beginning of his public ministry at the age of 30. So they go, well, there's no mention of him. Something must have transpired. But I'm kind of like this. Maybe just Joseph just stayed home and was a good provider. Maybe he had just worked and it freed up Mary to be with when, when she's traveling with jo- Jesus in ministry and with him through all that time. Once he begins his earthly ministry. It, it, so People interject a lot of things, but this is what I always found, too. When we start writing things into the blanks when it comes to the Word of God, when we start filling in the blanks, that's when we get in a lot of trouble. So historians have to kind of interject that. It doesn't say that, but they just suppose because he's not mentioned, maybe the dude died. Well, I think that's kind of hard. I, I give him credit for being there all the way through. You know when we'll find out? When we get to (laughs) we'll find out. But up until then, it, it doesn't really matter. And so, but we know that during the early years of his life on earth, not only was the child known as the son of Mary, but Jesus was known as the son of Joseph. Now, the reason I'm going through this, because there's so much of this that applies to us with this. And even for me, as I was studying, preparing this for our Christmas message, this whole thing just started exploding inside of me. And like I said, I would have loved to have spent the whole time just preaching this. I go, Lord, I want to start the year with us getting this down on the inside of it, especially as we're looking for transformation. I want you to be transformed in your perspective of how you see yourself in relationship to God. So watch this. So he is a child adopted. Jesus is a child adopted by a father who loved him. That's what we know. Jesus is a child who was adopted by a father who loved him. How do we know Jesus was adopted by Joseph? Well, there's clues throughout the places in the Bible that do mention Joseph. So let's read. It's there in your outline. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. David so taking Joseph all the way back in lineage back to King David so Joseph son of David keep that in mind that's so important do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus very important. For he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when when Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So Joseph named Jesus. Are you with me? And that's what the father does. The father gives his name to the son. So there's two places in that text that give the reader clue that Joseph, although not the birth father of Jesus, became his adoptive father. When the angel of the Lord told Joseph in the dream, the naming of a child is the responsibility of the father. The intention of God was for Joseph to adopt Jesus as his son and become his earthly father. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem that night, Joseph named the child, his adopted child, Jesus. Now go with me to Luke chapter 1. And I just want to lay the foundation for this. Say, Pastor, you're interjecting some stuff, so where, where is this found and why is it so significant? Well, how many remember that in the birth of John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, an angel appeared to Zechariah and said, "Zachariah, you're going to have a son. And when he's born, you're go- you, as the father, are going to name him John. His name is going to be John, and he's going to prepare, he's going to go before the Messiah. He's going to prepare the way of the Lord. And so, Zechariah has a problem with that, and uh, he's going, well, you know, how am I an old man going to have a kid? I can't have, you know, we're just old and all this stuff, so how's this going to happen? And the angel Lord says, because you don't believe what I said, I'm angel, I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, and you're questioning what I'm telling you right now. And so, because you're kind of slow, we're going to keep you from talking. And that's a, you know, paraphrase what's going on. So he's dumb. He can't speak. He comes out of the, the, out of the tabernacle there from doing his service. And he can't speak. And everybody's marveling. They believe he's seen a vision. So sure enough, he goes home. What do you know? Elizabeth becomes pregnant. Next thing you know, we're having the, the, the birth that's taking place. Look down at verse 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered. And she brought forth a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, They rejoiced with her. Now it was, and and now so it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him by the name of his father, Zechariah. And his mother answered and said, no, he shall be called John. But the people go, wait a minute, moms don't get to name son. Father's name son, name children. They give the name. But they said to her, there is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father, Zechariah, and what he should have him call, what he would have him call. And he, asking for a writing tablet, wrote saying, his name is John. And they all marveled. So fathers give that name to them. It was a responsibility also as his adoptive father to name his son. On the night Jesus was born, Joseph not only gave him his name, but Joseph also likely took his newborn baby and symbolically placed Jesus across his knees. We had the video on, Christmas, uh, on our Christmas program showed him. And he talked about taking him and placing him on there, and giving him his name and adopting him, receiving him as his own, which was a custom of that time. And so a symbolic act was the way a first-century husband in biblical days acknowledged the legitimacy of his newborn descendant. Subsequently, for a man to place someone else's child across his knees, was a sacred act and symbolic signifying adoption. So if somebody else did that and took another child and placed another, it was was the time or the act of actually adopting that child as your own. Although the Bible does not state specifically that Joseph did this, it's highly probable. Joseph did not, not only gave Jesus his name, but also laid Jesus across his knee claiming his legacy And adopting the son, adopting the son of Mary as his own. So then Mary also viewed her husband as Jesus's father. When Jesus was 12 years old, Joseph and Mary had been to Jerusalem as the families we'd said earlier, celebrate the Feast of Passover, leaving. They realized he's gone. Upon rushing back to Jerusalem, they found Jesus talking with the teachers of the temple. Notice how Mary responds to Jesus upon finding him. And as well as Luke, the writer, accounts, identifies the couple. Verse 48, Luke 2, 48. And when his parents saw him, I like that his parents plural, saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. So Luke identified both Mary and Joseph as Jesus' parents. I want you to stay with me. This is really important. So we're just laying this foundation. We're almost there. So it was clear that Joseph had adopted Jesus as his own, as his own son. It was, it was how Jesus was known in his childhood, even into his adult life. Another clue is given in John's gospel when Jesus calls his disciples to follow him and later into his public ministry. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of who? And Joseph was the son of who? David okay keep with that so sons are named by their father and lineage is very important in Hebrew and Jewish culture amen so important to understand that and the way Jesus received his lineage was through the adoption of Joseph receiving him as his own son so let me tell you this say pastor why are you going back over this why is this so important to you and to me It's important on two levels. Number one, it's important for us to know that because God always needs a man in the earth to operate in obedience to his word and his will so he can release his purpose through their obedience. And and by men, we mean humanity as a whole. God needs someone in the earth To agree with him. We have the accounts of God using so many different people. I love going back. We have Rahab in Jericho up there helping the spies get out. We have Ruth and Obed. We have so many people involved. God needs our obedience in the earth. Are you with me? Every one of us. And so this, when it comes down to each one of us, it is so important for us to see. Think about it. Uh, Abraham was asked to offer Isaac. You ever think that's kind of interesting? Because I read those scriptures and I think about it. It says that God tested Abraham and he asked him to give him his son. And so, but why is God, I mean, that seems like a weird test. I just really need to prove you. Are you willing to kill your son for me? Go, so God doesn't ask his, and so many times we read the Bible doesn't, make a lot of sense until we read the Bible with this understanding. That God is always asking for our agreement in action and obedience so He can do what He desires to do in the earth. That's what's so uh, kind of trips people up, because God, when He created man, He made us the authority in the earth, and He needs to work through us into the earth. Amos 3 and verse 7, God says, I can do nothing in the earth unless I first reveal it unto my servants, the prophets. And so Jesus, here Jesus is coming, and he goes, it must be fulfilled. We have to fulfill everything that was spoken. Suffer it to be so. No, John, I can't baptize you. I need to be baptized by you that it might be fulfilled. And then so many things concerning his death. As we said, over 300 prophecies that were fulfilled. And it all comes through people being obedient so God can fulfill his word. Are you with me? So he has this plan, we're going to see it in a moment, he has this plan, but he needs us in agreement with that. And that's where each and every one of us find out there's something, that's why you are so significant. When I said even in our vision, how do we get you to help you to elevate your value and see how important and how much value you have in the kingdom of God? Because there's something that God needs each and every one of us to do in agreement with him so that he can accomplish his plan in the earth. He needed Joseph just to adopt it, Joseph, I need somebody to adopt my son and I need you to do it because you are of the lineage of David. And I need my son to be because I prophesied that the Messiah is going to come and he's going to establish the throne of David for the covenant. to Are you with me? So for the covenant to come to pass, I need you to be the man. And so there's something in each and every one of our lives that God needs us to do in agreement with his word that brings his plan to pass. It's so exciting. So Joseph was asked to adopt Jesus. And so let me go back to Abraham. God asked Abraham to offer Isaac so that he could bring the substitute. Are you with me? And so that's why God provides the ram. He spares Isaac. He provides the lamb. And God's name, God, Abraham calls that play, names that play, and, and, and he says, And God is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Amen? But God needed Abraham to act so that he could provide. Are you with me? And so through that, Jesus is now able, God is now able to offer up His Son. So Abraham's obedience opened the door for God to send His Son into the earth. Are you with me here? It's so important. And then when it comes to Joseph, why is Joseph... Being asked to adopt Jesus because you and I are not natural children of God now. And so God wants to adopt us into his family, but he needs somebody to open the door for our adoption to take place. So he needs Joseph to adopt a son who is not His, so that you and I can be adopted by God. And then Jesus was asked to be obedient unto death so that the Father could offer life to us. So now Jesus is the one who makes adoption into his family possible, and adoption leads to our salvation, which includes our freedom from sin. That, that is what Joseph was told to name his adoptive son when he would be born. Remember what the angel Lord said to Joseph. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save. His people from their sin. The name Jesus means God saved. And what God saves, God adopts as His own and for His own by the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. That's why Paul writes. If you go back, isn't it amazing? If you read the Old Testament, God is never called Father in the Old Testament. He never... He's called Yah, called God, and, and, and El. He's got compound names and single names, and but he's never called Father. Jesus comes on the scene, and in the Sermon on the Mount, there's up the Lord teach us to pray. He says, after this manner, pray our, not just our God, but now he introduces a relational chain, a relationship with God as Father. And then you read through the whole New Testament from there on out. Everything is a relationship with Father. Are you with me? And so that's what Jesus said. In that day, you will ask the Father. So we now have direct access to the Father. But everybody seems like they're a But now by the spirit of adoption, through Joseph's obedience, the spirit of adoption, the grace of adoption comes to all of us. And I always think about that. That's what's so amazing to me. If we just catch this principle, life in God gets really excited because there's something he needs to do. And somewhere, someplace on our path and our walk with God, God's going to use us to bring a part of his plan to pass. Through our obedience, part of the plan of God is going to come to pass. I get excited about all that. Amen. So watch this. Romans says it like this. Paul wrote in Romans, he says, For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of what? Adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if heirs, then heirs of God. And fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him, in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Now if you go back and read, you can write this down in your notes if you have a pen there, Matthew chapter one, verses one through 17. and you think, "Oh, why is it so important? Why? And so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so, begat so-and-so, begat so-and-so, begat so-and-so. So just go to Matthew chapter one just for a minute. We'll just read the last couple of verses there. Uh, verse 15 and 16 17. We don't have to read the whole lineage. In verse 15, Eliud begot Eleazar, Eleazar begot Matthaean, and Matthaean begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14, and from David until captivity in Babylon are 14 generation, and from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generation. So get this, Jesus is an heir to the throne of David by the spirit of adoption. Do you understand that? He's going to rule and reign, and his right as king comes by adoption. Because Joseph adopted him, he is connected to the lineage. He he receives a full birthright connection. Are you with me? So you and I, now, if Jesus is heir to his throne by adoption... Now, that even makes it more real to you and I that we are a joint heir with him. We've received the same spirit of adoption. Or if you would, when you're born again, you are born into brand new life. God, if you would, sets you upon his knee and he calls you by his own name. Amen? Lord, I you, I, maybe I'm just preaching this to bless myself. <laughs> but it's amazing to me. So think about it. So Jesus became heir to the throne of David by virtue of the adoption, the same as you and I are heirs now of God. Think about it. Look at the last page you your outline In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, God the Father... Now watch this. God the Father predestined us for adoption. How many know what predestined means? The word predestined means to plan beforehand. So even before the world was created... There's a, God has a predestined plan, a, a pre-arranged plan, planned out beforehand how all this would work. So God has this plan that He wants to bring about concerning the redemption of humanity from the fall, but He needs people to agree with Him for it to happen. He can't, so He needs our agreement. So every one of these steps, you start going through the Bible and you see people being obedient and agreeing. And you start seeing the plan of God unfold as people just agree. Are you with me? And so I always get excited because we won't know until we get to heaven. I mean, there's people, these people lived out here and you find out. But you and I. We all have a part in this. God is unfolding His plan because we never know. You and I never know. That's why soul winning is so important. Reaching people for Christ. That's why the devil doesn't want you to win people to Christ. That's why he doesn't want you to witness to anybody, reaching out to anybody, because he knows that God's plan is accomplished through people. Doing all right? But you never know who you're going to lead to, the Lord. That's why I got excited when the Lord said, Hey, what if I didn't ask you to be great? What if all I asked you to do was raise greatness? Or what if your obedience opened the door for my plan to be fulfilled? What if I'm all asking you to do is just be obedient so I can work my plan? Amen? Awesome. So, so that God the Father predestined us for adoption as sons. Through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So we're adopted through Christ. But in order for Christ to come and open the door for adoption, God needed Joseph to say yes. And so I'm going back and I'm looking. Here's this guy. He doesn't get mentioned by one of the gospels. Mark doesn't even mention him. Nobody records a word that he said. We don't really have any account of any real action that he did. We just know that he was present at different times. And he was willing and obedient to whatever God asked him to do in this endeavor. But because of his obedience, you and I are now able to be adopted by God. (laughs) This is awesome. So what? Our adoption into the family of God by the Father is made possible by Jesus the Son and by the obedience of Joseph in saying yes to God and doing His will. God's predestined plan could only come to pass through the obedience of a man named Joseph. Are you hearing that tonight? God has this great predestined plan for humanity, but it all comes down and He says, Joseph, I need you to do this in order for this plan that I have to come to pass in the earth for the redemption of humanity, I need you to do this for me. I need you to take Mary as your wife. And I need you to adopt my son as your son. And and God didn't break all this down to him, but he could have said, if you'll do that, then I can then complete what Abraham did in offering Isaac, and my son can then give his life as a sacrifice that's needed for humanity. And then I can, because you adopt him, then I can adopt everybody into my family and redemption can come to pass. I don't know, maybe he said all that. Maybe that's why Joseph said yes. But if you look at it in complete, that's really what God has said. Going, oh my goodness. But I don't think so. I just think Joseph said, okay. And just willing. Because God doesn't always unfold out of that for He just asks us to obey. Amen? And we find out on the other end, really, what He's asked us to do. So think about it. Jesus is the one who came to give His life, to give us life by giving His life for us. And Jesus is the one who opened the door of adoption for all. See, the price of adoption is never paid by the child, but by the adopting parents. You know, little grace would be almost to be three years. That this year be three years that she'd been our little adopted granddaughter, and John and Dana's adopted child. You know, but little Grace didn't pay anything to be adopted. She didn't have to do anything. She's just there. Here's a baby abandoned by her parents, taken away because of their foolishness, and now here's a little baby with no parent, just put in the marketplace of. Care by CPS taken away by CPS and just put there, hoping that somebody will come. And then Sean and Dana get the call. They're 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 not even online for a newborn baby. They wanted a baby who had already gone a a little older, child who had already gone through the whole process of foster care and the parents and everybody denying. Because usually, what happens in that play when you go through adoption with the newborn? Parents that sometimes can come back and say, no, I changed my mind. I want to keep that or relatively step up and all, And so you get them all emotionally attached to the child. You take you begin loving it as your own. And then somewhere through the process, before it's finalized, somebody can come back in. No, we changed our mind. We really do want to uh, uh, enact our parental rights or our paternal rights or, or family rights. And that people can step in. So they, they didn't want to go through that trauma I said, you know, we really didn't want. But the people called up and said, hey, we have a newborn. So here's this new little born baby with no name and no parents, laying in a hospital with nobody visiting her for three days after she was born. Born on Saturday, and it wasn't until Tuesday that they went down to see her. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday with nobody there. And just waiting for somebody, no way to provide for herself, nothing else she could do. And just hoping that somebody by grace would come into her life and accept the full responsibility, take on the responsibility for her, assume all the costs, take them to themselves, give her their name, and provide for her and make her an heir in their home you understand that and that's what God did for you get there. the price of adoption is never paid by the child but by the adopting parents they are the ones who must fulfill all the requirements and assume all the cost I know I talked a whole lot about Joseph to get you to hear but the price of adoption is never paid by the child, but by the adopting parent. They're the ones who must fulfill all the requirements and assume all the costs. How many know that's exactly what God did? God paid the price to adopt us and he assumed all the responsibility and he fulfilled all the requirements for us to be able to be adopted by him. And these are things that people miss a lot of time when we read the Word of God. We forget that God, listen people, God has to be righteous and just in everything He does. In order for God to claim us and adopt us, He has to work in the world in such a way that He does not violate His Word. I wonder why God does this. How come it seems like He's going around in circles? How come it seems to take us off? Because everything has to be done in agreement with His Word. Amen. According to the principle that he lays out, he cannot violate his word. And so Joseph, and the, it, so it is by grace and it is free. Adoption is by grace and it is free to the child. So there's a reason they named little Grace, Grace. Because she is grace, she is God's grace. Watch you. think about this. She is God's grace in their life fulfilling the void of what they wanted. They wanted a little girl. They had three boys and said, we want a little girl. And they went through some heartache and through some pain in trying to have another little girl and that not turning out well through a couple situations. So they go, well, we we can't naturally have more children, but we still have this desire in our hearts. How many know that God had a desire in his heart when man fell? God created you and I to be with him. We were created for him. And you are the desire of his heart. And so he found a way. And so not only does God meet the need in our life, but he also is ministering to himself and a need in his own life to having you and I there. And so think about that. So she's little grace, and we love her dearly. I'm so blessed. She comes up to me at church. She goes, Papa, you have any Tic Tacs? <laughs> Amen. And Sunday I, I said, I don't have tic Tac, but I have lifesavers today. So I gave her a lifesaver. She takes a lifesaver. Oh, thank you, Papa. Even in case she runs away, run out there. Bye, Papa. Well, here's a little baby. It was abandoned, taken away. But yet through the grace of adoption, she's no longer abandoned. She has an identity. She has a mom. She has a dad. And she has a Papa with tic-tacs and lifesavers. She's blessed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amen. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So now, tonight, I'm, I'm praying for you to have a transformation in seeing your relationship with God. She didn't have any problem. She doesn't feel unworthy. She doesn't feel like she has to perform. She doesn't have to do anything. She is just completely accepted by love and covered by grace. Amen? That's your position with God. Joseph's obedience opened the door for you to be fully adopted. And if she can ask me for Tic Tacs and for Lifesavers, you can ask God for any need in your life. You're heavenly, Je- Look at what Jesus said. That, see, when, when we get some of this, it makes more scriptures come alive. Remember when Jesus says, if you being evil Know how to give good gifts unto your children. What's the next thing he said? How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, his life, his fullness, to you if you ask? Listen to what Jesus said. If you ask the Father anything in my name, my name is your certificate of adoption. Are you with me? My name is your name. You now have my name. And you can use my... This way it says, go in my name. And so when you and I ask Jesus, we're asking Him in full air, as a full air. Are you with me? Jesus is not going to come back and sit on the throne of David. Well, I know I'm here as Messiah, but I'm only here by adoption. No. No. Are you getting this? He is a full, as, as, as if he was born. Because that's the way God established it. And do you know, even in, in, in our natural world, do you know that adopted children actually have more rights than natural born children? That it's actually against the law. You can't really disown them. It's against the law. I mean there's a lot of parameters I don't know all the details but I know that adopted children have more rights so if we know that naturally I'm going back to how much more do you and I have with your heavenly father amen so think about it Joseph and the spirit adopted I'll close here So now the question is, I want you to hear this. And and when it comes to intentional transformation, a a lot of this is just about renewing your mind, seeing things, intentionally begin to think about this. Transform the way you think and transform your perception about your relationship and how you are positionally with God. But think about this. What does God desire to do in the earth that can only come to pass through your obedience? There is something that God has planned to do in the earth that can only come to pass through your obedience. And so that's why it's so important that you spend time in prayer. That's why we're doing prayer and fasting as we start each year. How we want to pray? I just need to turn everything else off because everything else in this world pulls you away from God. There's nothing in this world that's pushing you closer to God. Nothing. Everything in this world is is to draw you away from God. So you have to intentionally do the thing that bring you into a closer relationship with Him. But there's something connected to your obedience that God wants to do in the earth. Joseph's obedience to adopt God's Son as his own opened the door for God to adopt us as His own. Everything God does in the earth, He does through man's agreement with His Word and revealed will. Our obedience opens a door for the performance of his will in the earth. I was thinking like this. Well, Jesus said, look look what Jesus said. Here, let me give you another illustration. Jesus goes, and and I I love this. One of my favorite messages to preach. But the woman at the well. Jesus says, he says, I need to go to Samaria. But really what he's saying, he says, I need to go there, but I can't go there because they won't receive me. So the only way I can go there is through a witness. So he goes to Samaria. He meets this woman at a well. He ministers to her. And by ministering to her, she's able to go where he can't go. And so through her in a relationship, now she goes out and reaches people that he could never reach on his own, but he could only reach through her. And so God has things he wants to do in the earth that we think, oh, God is sovereign. He can do anything. Yes, he is. And he chose to do it through you and me. And so we say, yes, there's some place he wants to go. There's somebody that he wants to reach only through your life and through my life. I think about it like this. Wayne and Sally Snow, when they came, they were retired. Eve and, 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 uh, and Timothy are, are, are over uh, being missionaries in Tajikistan and Wayne and Sally go over there and and, and they take two years and they're, they're retired they go over there and next thing you know they're pastoring the church they, they start pastoring the little church there in Tajikistan and this young man named Sharwan from India has come to Tajikistan and where they are little town where they are to go to school to be a doctor and so He comes there and while he's there going to school to be a doctor, he starts going to church. Wayne leads him to the Lord. And so he's going to Tajikistan to be a doctor. He's got to learn Tajikistan and he's got to learn Russian. He's Indian. He's got to learn two languages. Then he's got to study. And Russia, how many know Russia is not the easiest language in the world to learn? Russia is crazy. So he's got to learn that to learn how to be a doctor to read Russian medical. (laughs) That's crazy. So here's this young man, very intelligent, sharp young man. He's there. But God uses Wayne to lead Sharwan to the Lord, and then Sharwan goes back. And the reason Sharwan is there, because Sharwan, his testimony is, when he was a young boy, just about between 8 and 10 years old, his mom had had illnesses in her stomach. says, when I grow up, I'm going to be a doctor so my mom doesn't have to be sick and so his whole life mission was to become a doctor so his loved ones wouldn't, he would be able to help his loved ones well then he goes back to India and as he starts doing his internship and his residency and stuff God begins to move upon his heart for the slum children in the region where he lived and so he gives up being a doctor become a missionary a medical missionary to the slum children of India and now because of Wayne's obedience to go there he reached a young man who was going to be a doctor who is now a missionary for the Lord who we now support poured every month and who's reaching hundreds of children every year with mission he goes out takes the ice chest and medicine sets it out on the are you listening to me you never know there's something in God's plan but God has to reach so he needs our obedience and when I understand the spirit of adoption and what he's doing God wants that to flow through our life are you getting this tonight So powerful, and it doesn't have to be so great and triumphant when we just understand that God wants us to be a part of something with Him. So here's the area. There's two ways that God works and performs His Word through everyone's life. Number one is by prayer. When you and I pray, we're calling upon His name. Amen? We're praying, and we're petitioning God, and God listens to our prayer. So our obedience begins with prayer. And then secondly is by speaking His Word. Learning, having, making prophetic declarations. Speaking the Word of God concerning your life, concerning others, but being a voice that declares God's Word in the earth. Amen? Prophetically, just declare the Word. Make declarations, prophetic declarations of God's Word coming to pass. See, Joseph, and I said this earlier, Joseph was less interested in being someone than he was in being part of something. I've watched so many people go astray wanting to be someone in the body of Christ instead of just desiring to be a part of something of what God is doing. So he was more interested in being a part of something that God was doing on the earth. He was willing to be used by God for His glory and to accomplish His purpose, never needing any recognition for himself. One of my favorite verses, you can write it down, Jeremiah chapter 35, it starts out, it's talking about Jeremiah getting these guys and taking them, they're going to the temple and they're going in this place, and they get in the place of Hannah and the the room and the house of Hannah, these these priests that are there, and it says that he went into the sons of Hannah and in this area, and Hannah was the son of Igdaliah, the man of God. This guy, this guy gets this one little mention in the book of Jeremiah. His name is Igdali, and it just says he's a man of God. And his sons are kind of following. after. It doesn't say anything else about his life, but he got his name in the book as a man of God. No resume, no credentials, no explanation of what made him a man of God, but his name is in the book as a man of God. And what would happen if we just wanted to live in such a way that if God would put our name in the book, it would be in there as a man or a woman of God. Amen. Not about what we did. No credentials. Joseph. No mention of anything he ever said. Any actual act he ever did. Then that he actually took Mary there. That he actually went to Egypt. That he actually came back. That he was actually allowed himself to be led by the Lord. No, no real specific thing. Just his obedience. Amen. And he raised the Son of God. <laughs> what about John the Baptist? Think about that. His life of obedience. But what was he asked to do? Prepare the way of the Lord. Are you with me? And he was willing to be a part of that. Instead of wanting God to get him out of prison and all that, he was willing to be obedient even unto that death in order to prepare the way of the Lord. And look what Jesus said. Of those born among women, there's none greater than John the Baptist. Amen? So that area. Something so powerful. So we're praying that this gets inside of you. Think about it. Intentional transformation of humility and obedience will release miraculous power in the earth. Father, tonight I thank you. Lord, I pray that this little message would sink down in each one of our hearts. Lord, that we would realize how much you need us That you have a plan. You have purpose to accomplish in the earth. And Lord you can only do it when we agree. When we accept. The opportunities you give us. To be obedient. To do what you need us to do. So you can do what you desire to do. In the earth. Father I pray for your people tonight. I pray as this is the beginning. Of this brand new year. That you will ignite a hunger in them of intentional transformation. And Lord, I pray tonight that each person hears this message and that, Father, the reality of adoption by you sets down on the inside of each and every one of us. That you assumed all the responsibility, all the cost, met all the requirements that we could be completely and fully adopted as your children. Father, I pray your blessing your peace, and your purpose released through their lives this year in a greater measure than ever before. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen.